apparently I was assuming correctly that uh, small, medium, uh, just family farms, not to corporate ones necessarily, but the smaller operations, they are taking it in the shorts these days because all of their costs go up, cost more for fuel, cost more for uh, for product to plant in the ground, cost more to uh, grow that uh, product, but you don't get a raise. The farmer doesn't get a raise when he brings that product to market. Mitch Fenske is a farmer in Mindoro and uh, a regular one. We want to check in with how are things going? Mitch, good morning. Thanks for talking with us. How are th- You're a small operation, so that's uh, at least now we can categorize it. You're not going to take it huge in the shorts, but any kind of, uh, of of dig into your profits makes it more difficult later in the winter when you're just living off that savings account, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Good morning, Mike, by morning. the way. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, the biggest issue is the fact that Oh, you have all these production costs that, especially like this year, are just getting crazy. But that's not necessarily reflected in the price that you know a grower would get. But everybody else kind of is the ones t- really taking advantage of making the money in right. the whole process. So. Well, and you know, we go to the grocery store and notice that milk is more expensive and bread is more expensive, and we're grumpy because the grocery store is ripping us off. The grocery store explains that their prices have gone up, so do yours, and we follow this train all the way back to you, and you're the first guy in line. You provide the, the things that make milk and provide the stuff that makes bread, but you didn't get a raise. You just have less and less profit. Pretty much. I mean, uh, that's, that's the sad part about agriculture that our cost isn't necessarily what really sets the price for the end product. Yeah, that's uh, that's too bad. I'm glad to know that you're still making a little money, and I suppose that uh, is one of the reasons why so many uh, small, even medium-sized operations have a lot of things going on at the same time. So if if uh, you know if Mother Nature says, "Hey, your corn is going to suck this year because we're going to flood that field," you still have hogs or sheep or something else going on. And your farm uh, is involved in a variety of, of commodities too, isn't it? Yeah, it's like we talked about before. The biggest thing is being diversified and then keeping your production costs down. I mean, that's really the the way to try and capitalize on, on making a good profit. Sure. And then the other thing too is trying to eliminate as many middle steps as you can. Like we do our, our feeder cattle, we do them all the way to finish for a lot of them. And so there's no middle guy that's making the money. We're we're the ones that are, you know, selling direct to a customer. So that helps uh-huh. us to make a little bit more. Right. So when somebody wants to buy a, a cow or half a cow or a quarter of a cow, they can just call you and say, "What have you, What have you got? Ready to go?" Absolutely. That's... And we're we're also selling, you know, by by the the pound basically. So if you wanted a pound of hamburger, we try to make it as e- as easy as possible. And like I said, by eliminating all the the middle people, that really makes it so that we're able to make a good profit. So, yeah, well, that's, that's really yeah. That that the important thing is that you're able to stay in business and uh, make a little profit and uh, support your family, feed your family, and uh, everybody has a little something something at the end of the day, whatever it happens For to sure. be. That's that's awesome. How is the Russia? Uh, Ukraine? How just the the war? How is that? Imp- does it impact you? daily or you know i know you're following what's going on over there but how does it impact you 
Yeah, I mean, like for us, because of what we're doing up here, we're not really affected by it. I mean, other than like fuel prices and stuff, but I mean, not everything has to do with Russia either. But I mean, the biggest thing is going to be like wheat and and then the, the sunflowers for the oils. So just paying attention to that, I just encourage people to, to really keep a close eye on things. I know my, my parents down by Kenosha have talked about I don't know if it was a panic buy or whatever, kind of like the toilet paper a few years ago, but they're seeing a lot of the the wheat-based products kind of absent on shelves. So I'm not trying to scare anybody, but just kind of paying attention to that kind of stuff. Absolutely. It really is amazing how much they produce and how that's going to affect us in the long run. Well, and I don't have a wheat number. I get a ton of numbers here, and I'm sure it's someplace I can't find it. I did find the sunflower and sunflower oil numbers. Ukraine is the number one producer and exporter of both sunflower and sunflower oil. And I know there's listeners right away saying, ah, well, good thing I use canola oil, so no problem there. Uh, But sunflowers and uh, sunflower oil used in a lot more than just a tablespoon on your fry pan. Absolutely, and that's why, um, you know, they're looking at even like now you're seeing soybean prices kind of go up, and, you know, some of that has to do with, you know, trying to drive the oils out of the soybean now too. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, short-term and long-term what kind of goes on here. But I do know that uh, they're they're working on planting over in Ukraine. So Cool. Like I said, it's just a matter of paying attention to what's, what's going on on the world stage for now. All right, let me. We're out of time, but I, I am always curious to know, in particular, since you drive unusual vehicles, have you ever looked into uh, replacing any of your diesel or gas-fired vehicles with electric? Mike, I, I would love to. I'd love to say that having an electric vehicle would be awesome, but we have winter here, and that's the biggest thing. And then, you know, the, the charging station issue, just like you were talking about before on the air, you know, I, I don't, you still need the fossil fuels in order to make the electricity. There's really no way around that. Like I said, the the electric vehicles in the wintertime, I just, I don't know how you could really make that work at this point. It's going to take time to get there. Right. I spoke to a trucker who looked into replacing his uh, his big 18-wheeler with, uh, and all he needed was $500,000 to do it. What's the cost to replace your diesel tractor? Have you looked into what that would cost? Yeah, I, I don't even know. Um, yeah, I'm just right curious. Now, everything, everything, even you stuff, is just so crazy. Expensive. I, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't even want to venture a guess. Well, then don't. Of- don't guess because that'll just be one of those fake news rumor blah blahs that I know. I don't want to deliver any of that. But I do appreciate the fact that you're able to join me on uh, the first Friday of every month with an update on how it's going on your farm and how the community is uh, reacting and and how the uh, situation in the globe is impacting uh, your uh, your situation. And, yeah, uh, well, we'll, be, we'll be talking calving next month because oh boy. we should have, have some calves by the time we talk next. So. Babies on the farm. That's good. Mitch Fenske is a Mindoro farmer and a, a friend of show, and I will be in touch with him regularly just to make sure that things are good because what he does on his farm impacts what you do at the grocery store and how much you may have to cough up to get it. And if you understand a little more about that whole process, then be sure that you're unhappy with the right people. 